Dad taught me about these. Here's Wild Gunman. How do you play this thing? I'll show you, kid. I'm a crack shot at this. your hands? That's like a baby's toy. Hmm. Baby's toy. Notes I took, read them like a book. Then I'm gonna go through IMDb and take a look. It's a movie. Yes, it's Back to the Future 2. And someone is watching. It's me. I really didn't plan that at all. Just that popped in my head as I hit record. And okay, maybe there was about five seconds of planning. I lied to you a little bit, but I didn't quite know what was gonna was gonna happen there. That's the the power of live, not really live podcasting. And the coolest part of that is right after I said live, not really live, I hit stop and then I hit record again. So there was some masterful editing there. I actually time traveled. Uh, you skipped over those five seconds and came right to this. But I, I traveled five seconds into the future. Folks, I'm here today to talk about a movie that I watched this morning. It is now 8.22 p.m. Tomorrow at this time, it'll be 9.22 p.m. because we're moving our clocks ahead. 
But um, today I'm on the regular time or the daylight savings time or whatever we are. I, I don't know what's what. I just know tomorrow it'll we sleep late. They say we lose an hour. I don't feel like we lose an hour. I just sleep later. And then it's, you know, brighter out later. I enjoy it. It's like the beginning of spring coming to us in New England. Um, but this morning, same as usual, iced coffee, breakfast burrito, and back to the future too. And today I wanted to do a couple specific things. I took some notes and I'm going to definitely go through notes first. Uh, but I also, before I do that, so it's not actually first, I'm going to go through notes second. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was Wild Gunmen. The scene that we saw right at the beginning of uh, it, uh, that we heard right at the beginning of this episode, it's the title of today's episode. And um, I was like, there was something about Wild Gunmen. I don't remember it being an arcade game. And there's a reason for that. And that's because it was not an arcade game. I'm going to put a link to the Wikipedia for Wild Gunmen uh, in this um, episode Wild Gunman is a light gun shooter game developed and published by Nintendo, originally created as an electromechanical arcade game in 1974 by Gunpei Yokai. So what that means is in 1974, there was a game where it actually used like film footage. This is in the 70s. And it had like lights that shine. So you would, I think it used the light of the gun and it would like edit the film to be like, oh, you shot this man. And there's some footage of it um, on YouTube that I am also going to share in the show notes. It's not, it's very grainy. It's, if you don't know what you're looking at, it, it seems like a bunch of nonsense. But that is the original Wild Gunman game that then became a game for the, uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, and well, of course, first the the Famicom, uh, which is the the Japanese version of Nintendo. So it was um, 1984 in Famicom, and it was released 1985 for Nintendo with the gun. It was a, a launch game for Nintendo when Nintendo first came out with the Zapper Light Gun. They probably looked it up. So this came out in 1985. Perfect. Uh, Marty will know this game, except he wouldn't know this game unless he owned a Nintendo Entertainment System because this game was never released. The game that he's playing in the Cafe 80s was never released as a as a video game uh, cabinet. Um, so there is. So if you go to the Wikipedia page under popular culture and maybe you don't have to go because I'm reading it here. Uh, it said. Um, the original 1974 arcade game uh, was featured in a film, Gas. Um, someone actually, in 1978, someone edited the footage together to make, like, its, its own movie? I don't know. That's weird. Uh, but here it is. In 1989, film Back to the Future 2, protagonist Marty McFly plays a non-existent arcade version of the NES Wild Gunman, resembling a Nintendo-versed system cabinet. So Nintendo put out these um, arcade cabinets uh, that developed and produced by Nintendo from 1984 to 1990. They actually took the NES games and they would make cabinet versions of these games so you could play it in arcade. So I guess what I'm, what I'm actually understanding is maybe this Wikipedia page is wrong. The non-existent arcade version but it's re- if it's resembling a Nintendo vs. System cabinet, 
then um, maybe they just, Cafe 80s took an old video game, found another cabinet, and they, they put it together. So it is still possible that this could have been an arcade game after all. It wasn't technically an arcade game, but hey, he could have noticed it, and he could have remembered it from playing it on his NES, except, um, you know, it came out in, it launched as a launch game. So I guess we don't, I don't know exactly when in 1985 it happened, but it's a good chance that Marty McFly never played this game before the events of Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2. He probably didn't have a Nintendo right away. Uh, maybe the new version of Marty McFly would have had a Nintendo, but I'm saying the earlier version probably didn't. And it, um, it was October 18th, 1985, when it was released as an NES. And he was, I think he just, wasn't it November 12th, 1985? No, November 12th, 1955. October 26th, 1985? I don't know. Either way, it doesn't make any sense. He, wouldn't, he would not have known this game because it wasn't in the arcade. And it just came out um, for the Nintendo. So it, it now fits again that it, maybe it could have been an arcade game, but Marty McFly wouldn't have known it. Ladies and gentlemen, I just wasted seven minutes of your life talking about this game, but it's, it was still worth it because um, Wild Gunman does one of those things that like Chicken does in this movie where it retcons something that comes into play, but it was never part of Marty McFly's like, you know, um, his personality originally. You never knew Martin uh, McFly as a um, crack shot, as a guy who was really good with a gun. But it turns out uh, that will come in handy in the future or in the far old past. But that is for another year. So now I want to go through some of my notes before I get to um, the third thing that I want to talk about that might take a little longer just because... Um, it's going to be going through a bunch of pages online. Uh, just go through some of my notes. And some of my notes are really, really simple. Like, um, green lights under DeLorean are cool. I feel like I said that already. I might have said that yesterday. If I did, I apologize. Um, but then again, 31 days, I mean, it's bound to happen. So what I do is I highlight them in my tablet so I know I, I already talked about them. Um... Also, the, the first scene, the very first scene of the movie, he goes to kiss Jennifer. Doc jumps out of the car. He's like, you got to come back with me. I like the look on Marty's face. He looks back at Jennifer like, uh, <laughs> um, you, uh, this seems perfectly normal, Jennifer. Nothing to see here. Um, another thing I wrote down is watch Doc when they leave Jennifer in the alley. So I already talked about, yesterday I talked about Doc just kind of casually tossing her in the DeLorean. But watch him when they leave Jennifer in the alley. He's like, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's not even barely paying attention to what he's doing. He's more talking to Marty. And he's like taking this, moving one garbage, taking another garbage, grabbing this garbage pile and using it as a pillow for her. Almost like he he planned this whole thing. Um, obviously, he didn't plan it. But, um, you know, because he said, uh, what was I supposed to do? Now, here's the thing that drives me crazy is in the first, very first scene where after he sees Jennifer and, and Marty, he says, well, bring her along. This concerns her, too. Three minutes later, he 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 basically um, future roofies her. It doesn't like it doesn't fly. It doesn't McFly with me. And that's because in the first movie, they painted themselves in a corner and then they did the just worst possible job of getting themselves 
out of it. Um, I said she could have been a really good kind of second helper to them, uh, even if it was in a smaller role. It couldn't, I mean, it would have, it couldn't be as small as it already is. Um, I wrote down, it would have been cool to bring back uh, those boards don't work on water somehow in the climax. Somehow Marty figured things out and then Biff drives him near um, an, a lake and he, all of a sudden he's on water and he's stuck out there. I don't know exactly how he'd get out of it. I wrote how, I have no idea. Just like, you know, a callback to something. Those boards don't work on water. Well, it doesn't matter because we never see them on water, I think, ever again. Um, yeah, I said so nonchalant, he just throws her in there. Okay, if Biff did shoot and kill Marty, uh, it would be up to Doc to fix everything on his own. Maybe he'd go wake up Jennifer. So not, you know, okay, on the building, if he shot Marty and Marty fell off the DeLorean and plummeted to his death, and then Doc, like, quickly got away before uh, before Biff shot him too, The it's not the end. Now Biff would have to go back to 1950 and take the DeLorean. Now, if, I mean, I mean, Doc would have to go back to 1955 and take the book from Biff. He'd have to do it. So Doc and Jennifer could be the ones to go back. Uh, and, you know, that would be that. That's what would happen if they decided to do Back to the Future 2 and Marty McFly was not on board. They would have either they would have gotten like uh, Jennifer to do something, even though it was a different Jennifer, uh, or they would have come with a boatload of money to George McFly. But honestly, the movie never would have worked if there was no Marty. But let's say he was only available for two weeks because um, they, you know, they had to film, shoot around him. Then they could have, you know, killed him off for 20 minutes and brought him back somehow. Um, but again, that's just, I'm just trying to make things a little more lively, a little more interesting. Um, oh, I wrote, is Lorraine's friend 35, the, the friend uh, in the 1955 scene, and is she the same actress from part one? And that's going to lead us to what I'm going to be talking about in a little bit. And I think... Oh, back to that one. Um, back to that one scene at the beginning, when Doc drives into the trash at the beginning. I'm pretty sure it's a stunt driver, and I'm wondering is he even wearing Doc Brown's glasses? I can't even tell. Um, and I'm I don't know if I'm there yet. Well, you know what? At the end, end, end of the movie, um, Marty seems to leave the hoverboard there and run off to get Doc. Now, what if the Western Union guy's like, "What is this?" and he takes it? And that changes the future. Uh, but instead, I guess the Western Union guy leaves it there. Marty goes back and gets it because I don't see him running with it. Um, so that was a, a bit of an oversight. But we do see it later uh, in the future, in the past. We do see it. Um, and let's see. Oh, yeah, I talked about Wild Gunman already. Um, oh, that that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow work. Uh, and... Let's see, two other things. All right, these last two things. I'm wondering if uh, Doc Brown is really anti-male. He's like, the post office, too bad the post office isn't as efficient as the weather service. And then, of course, in 1885, he doesn't give it to the Pony Express. He doesn't give the letter to just the regular U.S. mail. I'm assuming the mail was already around in 1885. I don't know for sure. Um, but he uses Western Union. So he's a guy who's, I'm just wondering, is he, is he anti-male? Um, did he have, but I guess, no, he got the mail uh, but he didn't care much about it in 1985. Remember, it was piling up, and I think that's what Marty had to go um, clean out. Also clean out, you know, the giant, gross 
pile of Alpo or whatever the dog food was. Dog cane? Alpo? I forget what it was. Uh, but man, um, Einstein wasn't there, but you waste a lot of dog food. And the last thing I have for notes today that I want to talk about is, does the Cafe 80s really seem like a place where a 77-year-old Biff Tanner would hang out? Like the Cafe 50s, I guess I could see him being like, oh, you know, I, um, you know, it reminds me of my old days. Cafe 80s? Oh, this reminds me of when I was, you know, in my 40s? I don't know. It's like me, like in three, in like three decades going to the Cafe 20s, 210s. I, I don't know if I'd be interested in that. Um, but that's really it for notes. So now what I want to do is that, that I look back at, um, I asked the question, is Lorraine's friend 35? And is it the same actress from part one? And that had me thinking, there's a lot of people in Back to the Future part two. Why don't I go through the IMDb and just kind of quickly look at who these people are? So I'm not going to bother with the big ones. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Tom Wilson, Elizabeth Shue, uh, James Tolkien. That's Mr. Strickland. Uh, people mostly know him from this, and for me, it's this and Top Gun. Those are the things I know him from the most. Um, apparently, he was in War Games. I don't remember that. And he was in the Masters of the Universe movie. I don't remember that. Born in 1931, still kicking to this day, still working here and there. He was in Bone Tomahawk. That's already seven years ago. I, I watched that movie. That movie is wild. Um, but the last couple things he did was he was in some fan remake of Back to the Future, and he played himself in that expedition Back to the Future from last year that I watched on Discovery Plus that I don't think I ever finished. Um, after that, this is kind of where I want to start talking, and even these people are somewhat known. Now, Jeffrey Weissman, not really well that well-known. He, he, he plays fake George McFly. He's been acting for many years. The IMDb says he's known for Pale Rider and Twilight Zone the movie. Didn't know that. Um, he's still credited with things today. Oh, one was a one is a podcast. Those are things you can be credited for now. I mean, imagine being credited for a podcast. That would be amazing. He was in that also fan made uh, Back to the Future. Of course, they couldn't get Crispin Glover. Uh, but nothing really. Nothing. You don't know who this guy is. Casey Zemesco, that, that's a pretty... Uh, he's not a household name. He might not be a household face, but he's in household name movies. Of course, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2. Young Guns, Stand By Me. Um, what was that? I mean, he's still working today. He was on Damages just a couple... You're know, like, oh my God, that's a decade ago. Jesus. The Blacklist, that's that long ago already. Okay, so he hasn't worked in, in a few years. He was on an episode of Billions. He's, but he's been around forever. Wasn't he in the, a Marvel show? Didn't he play? I could have sworn he played someone sworn or swan. I could have sworn he played a cop. Oh, no, I'm getting him mixed up with a different guy. Uh, and I'm getting him. But he, wait a minute. Was he an Opportunity Knox? No, the guy who was an Opportunity Knox is the one who I'm, 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 um, I'm, confusing this guy with but Casey Zemesco was he was in 12 o'clock high come on tell me that yes he was in that uh back to the future amazing stories stand by me okay Biloxi Blues the guy's been in a ton of different things Billy Zane how did he change his clothes so fast all of a sudden he's southern uh best known for being in Titanic probably to the masses 
Uh, he was the Phantom in the Phantom. Didn't really do much. The guy's still working like crazy today. The last thing I saw him in was he was Enos Queeth in MacGruber, the fantastically, ridiculously awesome MacGruber show on Peacock. Um, he was funny in that. Oh, and he was in, he was in the show The Boys? Playing himself, playing Billy Zane, which is pretty funny. Uh, so the guy's been... Pl- he never made it to superstardom, but he looks like a star, so that counts for something. J.J. Cohen, he's the third of Biff's um, cronies. These are all Biff's cronies. Again, these guys have been in things that you would know. Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2. Apparently, this guy's also in Back to the Future 3 as part of Needle's gang, which makes no sense unless, of course, he's uh, the son of the guy who played Skinhead, which, you know, now I don't know if that would be the name. He was an Almost Famous uh, as a roadie. Um, not much. He, he played in, he was an episode of Baywatch and Third Rock from the Sun. Pacific Blue. I feel like Pacific Blue comes up a few times. Uh, Charles Fleischer, very um, familiar face. Uh, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. I forgot about that. Back to the Future 2. Uh, Zodiac, which I just watched recently again. He's in it, only in it for a few seconds, but he's creepy. Uh, and maybe most famously, he is the voice of Roger Rabbit in the, in the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And apparently... Uh, there is a Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2 that they say is an, in pre-production, and it says 2022. I don't believe that is happening anytime soon. But it has a, 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 a screenplay from two people. Jeffrey Price, isn't that? Oh, I'm thinking Jeffrey Wright. I'm thinking of Jeffrey Wright. I was like, isn't that guy an actor? Um, this guy, Jeffrey Price, oh, he was part of the original Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Wild Wild West. Oh, boy. But that's Charles Fleischer. Everyone knows him. Okay, these are the actors who are in things very familiar and have familiar faces and have some level of stardom. But now I want to talk about three actors um, who you'll be like, what? So the first one is, he goes by the name, this is all I know, is E. Casanova. E apostrophe Casanova. And he plays the Michael Jackson Max Headroom character in Cafe 80s. And he has three roles. And guess what they are? Back to the Future 2, Michael Jackson, Video Waiter. He was on an episode of Blossom playing Michael Jackson. And he was on, on an episode of Punked in 2007 as Michael Jackson. So this guy is a Michael Jackson impersonator. He was also in a documentary called Mika to Michael Jackson in Japan. So he is, is he Japanese? Michael Jackson impersonator? I don't know, but he's definitely a late era Michael Jackson impersonator. I'll just put it that way. I'll let you decide, you know, figure out what that means. The other actor, the next actor on our list is Jay Koch, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, born in Austria. He, he died in 2007. He plays the Ronald Reagan version uh, uh max headroom where it's always uh morning in america and um he has five um credits unless you count our well six including an archive no that's from back to the future so he was in mad mission three from 1984 playing ronald reagan in back to the future part two he played the ronald reagan video waiter in hot shots part two he played a ronald reagan in cosmic slop he played Alien Press Secretary. And in Panther, he played Governor Reagan. This guy is Ronald Reagan. And 
that's all he is. And so these three guys, they got they got the good people to play Ronald Reagan and Michael Jackson. Now, this third man, his name is Charles Girardi. He's known for such films as Back to the Future 2, Naked Gun, and Mortuary Academy. In Mortuary Academy, he played Mr. Harding. In Back to the Future 2, he played the Ayatollah Khomeini in the... Uh, in the cafe 80s and a naked gun guess what he played Khomeini so this guy obviously looked enough like Ayatollah Khomeini that he he's the guy who says you must have the hostage special which is very silly all right the next three people on my list are Griff's cronies who uh it's funny that they I guess they couldn't you well it's only four years later why didn't they use kid versions of 3d match and skinhead like that is lost on me. But instead, we have a, a man named Ricky Dean Logan who played Data. Um, he's the guy who had the, the chicken sound effect. And um, he's the one who says, those boards don't work on water. Um, he was in such films as Red Rooms, Psychotherapy. Most notably, it looks like his biggest credit is Back to the Future 2. Uh, but he was on an episode of ER. He was on a played uh, in a bunch of episodes of Spawn. He was a voice in that. Uh, he was in two, three episodes of Baywatch. Uh, well, one is a part one, part two, playing two different characters. So he's been in a bunch of things. Never really okay. In Back to the Future Three, he's in Needles Gang too. So we have that's weird. They just reuse different actors. They just stick him in there. He was in the Flash TV show. Ooh, uh, but. Besides Back to the Future 2, to me, the biggest thing he's in was Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, as Carlos. Next, we have Darlene Vogel. Remember I said Pacific Blue? Well, guess what? She was in Pacific Blue for multiple seasons, 96 to 2000. Who knew that was in multiple seasons? And who knew her name was Spike? She's the one that's, what's wrong? Ain't got no scrote. Uh, she was, let's see, Beyond the Break. I don't know what that is. Is that... Beyond the Break from 2006 to 2009. It's like a like a lifeguard. Yep, that's pretty much or a skate a skiing skiing surfing show. A surfing show. A half hour surfing show. When the hell did that ever happen? Is that like in a different country? I don't know. It looks Oh, David Chokichi was in it. So, I mean, you know it had to be good. Um she was in General Hospital. Pacific Blue, as I said, for 83 episodes. She was in four episodes of Boy Meets World as Cat Tompkins in 94, 95. Okay. To me, though, she's, she'll always be known as um, the, the woman in the gang. I didn't know her as Spike, but Back to the Future 2. She was in Charles in Charge. Uh, oh, no, she was in the same room with Scott Bayo. Ooh, watch out, lady. Um, and she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's still... Working as of 2020, she was in something called Day 13. The wedding year was in 2019. I don't know. I don't know anything what these are, but she's working. Jason Scott Lee, he, for a hot minute, was a commodity. Like, I mean, he, he, we thought he was going to be a big star. He, um, his biggest thing probably was playing Bruce Lee. He's not, that's not, not to be confused with Brandon Lee. He's not related to Bruce Lee. His just last name happened to be Lee. He played Bruce Lee, though, in the Bruce Lee story. That, to me, was his biggest thing. Uh, but it looks like he's really 
my God, he's really been working, and I, and I apologize for, for. But he never became like a huge star, is what I'm saying. Back to the Future. His name was Whitey. Okay, uh, he was in Lilo and Stitch as a voice. He was in the 2020 live action um, Mulan. All right, he's in Doogie Kamaloa. Kama, Kamealoa. That's the updated version of Doogie Howser on Disney Plus. He's in all ten episodes, or he's in ten episodes. Uh, the Wind and the Reckoning. He, the guy's been around and been working pretty consistently. Oh, wait a minute. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, Sword of Destiny. Was he in the original? Dracula 3, The Legacy. Fantastic. Uh, Lilo and Stitch 2, which is a home video. Hawaii 5 Oh, I watched every episode of that TV show, that updated TV show. Yes, I did. Dr- Dracula 2 and Dracula 3, Time Cop, Tale of the Mummy. The Jungle Book. Yes, that's right. He was in the live-action Jungle Book. Um, the first live-action Jungle Book. Uh, the A-Team? Fantastic. Born in East L.A. Green card. I'm from East L.A. Remember that Cheech Marin made a song and then it turned into a movie? Yes. Um, so that's Jason Scott Lee. Elijah Wood. Do I have to even go into him? He's one of the video game kids that we played the, that in the beginning of the movie. Uh, the, the beginning of this episode. Um, but he is... Easily well, most well known as uh, Frodo in the Lord of the Rings movies. The guy has been consistently working as a little kid, doing interesting things here and there, voice acting. He's going to be in the remake of Toxic Avenger. He's in something called L.A. Rush. But the guy hit it big. Um, oh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. I've heard about that. I've never seen it. But he's just been working forever. Wilfred, he had that TV show for a while. Um, but of course... Frodo Baggins, one of the hobbits in uh, in the the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, and uh, he was in also the the first Hobbit movie too. The guy's just been working forever. Uh, his counterpart with the video game, John Thornton, not so much. Eight credits. The last credit was in an episode of Jake and the Fat Man. Uh, he was in something called Mac the Knife as he was a dancer. Highway to Heaven, wonderful to see he was in that, but nothing. Much else, really. Uh, the next two uh, girls I want to talk about um, are the two girls with the hoverboard. You know, keep it. Uh, I have a pit bull now. That, I believe, that's hover girl num- hoverboard girl number one. She was in two films, Back to the Future 2 and Arachnophobia, the following year, playing someone named Bunny Beachwood. Her name is Thea Schwartz. Theo Schwartz. Um, but I don't know anything else listed about her. That's all they say, and never acted again. Uh, her counterpart was named Lindsay Whitney Barry. I say was. I mean, she. I assume she's still alive. Um, but she was in not much else either. Tales from the, um, Tales from the Crypt. She was in an episode of that. Back to the Future Two and something called the Murderous Vision from 1981. And then maybe she went to high school and you know said I don't want to be an actress. Next up is Judy Ovitz. And if you told me this woman has been acting for decades and was at a bunch of different things, she had some, you know, she was on a couple of drum, dr- dramatic shows, maybe a um, sitcom or two, I would have believed it. She seems like she has a very familiar face. Her voice, like, here's something, you know, dust repellent paper. And it just, she seemed uh, like someone who I would assume was in a lot of different things. She's not. She was in something called Ghostbusters 2, uh, playing a restaurant patron. 
She was in the movie Junior, playing a, st- a stewardess. She was in a video TV version, not the Robert Zemeckis version of, of A Christmas Carol. She was in something called Stories of My Childhood in 1998. And she is, she, of course, is the antique store saleswoman in um, Back to the Future 2. But her, but her, her last name, Ovitz, sounds familiar. And it says she's married to Michael Ovitz. And he has a link on IMDb, so I'm clipping, clicking his link. And Michael Ovitz, co-founder of the Creative Artists Agency. He's an agent. Um, he served as the chairman. Oh, he later served as the president of Walt Disney Company from 1995. To, Mike Ovitz is a very familiar name. The guy has produced a million things. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. He's been, he had produced two things, <laughs> Gangs of New York and Timeline. Ooh, I read the book Timeline. Never saw the movie. Um, but he's been, you know, a part of things in the in the world of entertainment forever. Uh, and it says here, um, she's also the mother of Chris Ovitz, Kimberly Ovitz, and Eric Ovitz. Okay, great. But Chris Ovitz, he is, oh, okay, he is uh, additional crew for a couple movies, um, 10 years apart. Executive Decision and Hoot, a, a movie about an owl. Hoot. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm getting in the weeds here, guys. So much so that the next two people coming up are, um, are, are interesting. They are the two young women in the hot tub with Biff in the alternate 1985. The first one here is named Tamara Carrera. Tamara Carrera. Not to be confused with Tia Carrera. This is Tamara Carrera. Uh, not to be confused with my name, um, Tere- Tim- T- Tamara Carrera. Say that fast. Not to be confused with my wife. Um, so, of course, she was Jacuzzi Carol number one in Back in Back to the Future 2. She was inmate in Under Lock and Key. She was woman at pool in Extreme Vengeance. And she played D in Young Flesh, Fresh Meat. Uh, she, let's see, Under Lock and Key, that's in 95. So not much. She was in Dick Tracy? Uncredited. Um, um, what's his name? The guy who played Dick Tracy, I can't think of his name. Warren Beatty was probably like, yeah, we're not going to give you a credit. She was in Teen Wolf as student. Okay, she's been in some of the greatest films of all time. Once Bitten with Jim Carrey, uncredited as dancer. Um, Babe Watch Dream Dolls in 2002, 2002, that's 20 years ago. She was in Wisp. Miss Puerto Vieira video documentary, Spring Break video documentary, and she was in the video Malibu, Hardy, Malibu Hard Bodies 2 Behind the Scenes from 1994. I feel like that was on USA Up all night a few times. Uh, and she has two dogs named Elvis and Patricia. Pr- Priscilla, I can't speak. Um, yeah, very interesting. And her counterpart was named Tracy, is named Tracy Deli. Uh, she's an internationally accomplished actress, writer, radio host, model, dancer, full illusion magician. What? And is probably the only producer in the industry who claimed the record for Playboy's most photograph lingerie model. Yes, most of her photos look like they're from the cover of um, oh, Volu- Voluptuous Victions too. She was in that? Oh, okay. She was in something called Little Girl Blue, Virgin High, Dreamers, uh, Paranormal movie. I feel like there was at least one person, another person who was in that. 
she played in little bits of, she was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And of course, Back to the Future 2. Um, oh, she was in Sexy Urban Legends? Oh, the TV show from 2002? What do you know? Beverly Hills 90210 as cheerleader. Interesting. Bikini Summer 2. I feel like that was definitely on um, USA Up All Night. Uh, next up, Neil Ross. Neil Ross, who seems to be still with us, he is uh, best known as a voice artist. He was in, he, would, he plays Bone Crusher in Transformers the movie. He was in American Tale. He plays Shipwreck, Buzz Rock, and G.I. Joe. The guy's been doing our voice names forever. And he was the museum narrator in Back to the Future 2 talking about the America's greatest legend, uh, greatest heroic man, uh, uh, Biff Tannen. Now, um, oh, George Buck Flowers. He plays the red, the bum red in Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. He was in They Live. He was in some big things. I feel like he also was like a, a porn producer or something. I, I feel like I talked about that last year. Uh, here's the one, Lisa Freeman. I've talked about her um, because this is this was started it. Uh, it is she is the same girl. She played Babs in Back to the Future and Back to the Future Two. So she came back for that one scene. Um, in the first one, she just smiled and made faces. This one, she just smiles. I don't think she says anything. Uh, but I, I know I was like she just looked older. Well, she was older, but every and everyone was too old to be um, to be in high school. Uh, and she also played Nurse Morgan in, back in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. I know I've talked about that before. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, of course, we have Harry Waters Jr., who plays Marvin Berry in both of these movies. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to see, is the entire Marvin Berry band the same? The Starlighters. We have David Harold Brown, Tommy Thomas, Lloyd L. Tolbert and Granville Danny Young. So I am clicking on all of them right now to see if they were in both Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. Yes, he was. Uh, Tommy Thomas, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2. Uh, Oh, and he's no longer with us. Lloyd Tolbert, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2. I love the fact that they got the whole band to be in both of them. Yep, and Granville Danny Young. Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2 and in other things, but not much. Most of it's musical department stuff. Um, and most of it seems to be Earth Angel and Johnny B. Good related, at least for this guy. Very, very cool. Now, what about those two police officers in the future, the two female police officers? Um, one of which I discovered was uncredited, and it's actually kind of an interesting story. So the first one is Stephanie Williams. Uh, she was the, she's the black female officer. She her name is Officer Foley, uh, and she. I mean, she was on General Hospital for a bunch of years. Oh, she was on General Hospital for sixteen episodes, but she was on The Young and the Restless for many years. Uh, but probably for me, Back to the Future Two. She was on Dynasty, uh, Different Strokes. She played Stephanie in My Fair Larry, 1983 episode of Different Strokes. Okay, she was on. She was a dancer. Uh, in fame for many years or two years, 37 episodes though. So she's been in a bunch of stuff, but I don't know. Oh, Meteor Man that I've seen her in stuff. Rock, the TV show, One Life to Live. She's been in a bunch of different... um, Moesha playing Marguerite Mitchell. Um, But nothing since 2009. Um, But then the other police officer, uh, she was uncredited. Officer Reese, 
Officer Reese and Officer Foley. Isn't Reese... Like, Foley's from Beverly Hills Cop. Is Reese... I'm thinking Lethal Weapon, but no. No, no, no. Um, I could be wrong. But Officer Reese is an uncredited uh, a portrayal by Mary Ellen Trainer, The late Mary Ellen Trainer, who unfortunately died in 2015. Uh, now, he, you, you know... You know her. She was in so many things, okay? And I'm just going to list off some of the things that uh, I'll tell you. Okay, she was in an episode of Cheers, but she was in Romancing the Stone. She was goddamn Bran and Mikey Walsh's, Walsh's mother in Goonies. Remember all the stuff with her having mouth translate? Yes. She was in Lethal Weapon as the psychologist. She was in The Monster Squad. As Emily, she was playing. She was one of the moms in the Monster Squad. Die Hard as Gail Whalen's Scrooged. Richard Donner obviously loved her. Put her in Scrooged. Put her in in Lethal Weapon One, Lethal Weapon Two. Put her in um, the Go- the Goonies, uh, Romancing the Stone with Robert Zemeckis, uh, Ghostbusters Two, Lethal Weapon Two. As I said, um, okay, Ricochet, Lethal Weapon Three. She was in that. Parker Lewis can't lose, but she was a Forrest Gump. She was in it for a second of um, uncredited again, Zemeckis. And it turns out that her and Robert Zemeckis were married. Lethal Weapon 4. Her and Robert Zemeckis were married uh, for, for many years. They got divorced in 2000, but they, you know, they had a life together. They had a family together and she's no longer with us. She has a face that you just, you know it the moment you see it. You're like, oh my God, she's been in so many things. Uh, and I and I had no idea it was her. You know, they really they they stick that hat on her, and it's it's you don't really get a too close close up shot of her. I love the fact that um, that it's her. That's so cool. Um, of course, uh, he's uncredited, but we have my my really close good friend Donald, full of love, who um, you know thanks to Eric uh, sent me a cameo last year for Marty McFly. I've been um, barraging him uh, ever since for Marsha McFly 2 but Donald um, uh, well according to the restraining order he said uh, please don't contact me anymore so but he he of course is in the movie lying to you about traffic Um, the last group of folks that I want to talk about are, are I say group because they're together because they're a family they're a family that um lives in the house, in the alternative version of 1985 that Marty thinks is his. Uh, we have Sean Hunter as Harold, Nikki Birdsong as Loretta. She is the one who's the room he goes in. Junior Fan as mom, and Al White as dad. So first is Sean Hunter, and he spells his name just like my brother spells it. S-H-A-U-N. Uh, the last thing he was ever in was Back to the Future 2. He was in Lethal Weapon, though. He played uh, someone's friend. And he was in a, a TV show called Homeroom, where he played Sean himself. Um, but I don't see anything else uh, for him. Born in 1979. Yeah, that's that's all I see there. Um, Nikki Birdsong. The only thing she's ever been in is Back to the Future 2. That's that's the girl, right? Like it says Loretta, but I'm like that's her, isn't it? Because 
the, right next to mom and dad, this has to be Loretta. Like she was great in the 20 seconds she was in this movie. It's the only thing she's ever done. And now she is a minister in Corona, California. What do you know? Um, junior fan is the mom. I don't think she has any lines. Because even the son's like, I think the son's like, get her, get her, Dad. She's only in two things. The Sophisticated Gents, which was a miniseries in 1981. And then eight years later, in Back to the Future 2. So it's like, it's weird. You see these people, they, they're they acting, but they're only in one thing. Or they're in two, they're two things, but they're eight years apart. And you wonder, was it eight years of trying to act? Were you not acting at the time? And then last, but certainly not least, Mr. Al white as the dad who's like freeze sucker and he's like i'm not gonna be we're not gonna be terrorized this guy has been working pretty consistently through the years but ladies and gentlemen to me he's best known as well i guess his literal credit is second jive dude in airplane Remember the two the two guys speaking jive and um, you had <laughs> I'm looking at a picture now um, and you had um, the uh, Mrs. Cleaver I, f- I forget her name um, uh, comes up excuse me stewardess I speak jive uh, and then he was he was actually in part airplane too he was one of the witnesses at the stand and I think it's tomorrow. <laughs> The scene where she goes, do you swear to tell the truth, a whole truth and nothing but the truth? And he goes, ain't no thing. And then he high fives the Bible. It's so, so it's so stupid, but it's it was so uh, that that made me laugh. Ain't no thing. I think I say ain't no thing. I definitely say that sometimes because of that movie, um, which is just awesome. But the guy is, you know, still working um, well as of. I guess as of five years ago, he was on multiple episodes of that Switched at Birth TV show. He was in Grey's Anatomy. Uh, he was in something called The Clubhouse for a few episodes. The guy has been young and the restless for, for a while. He's been around. He was in Howling Six, The Freaks, Leprechaun 2, Cagney and Lacey, Together Again. Um, the guy has just been working. You know, it's like... You could say, I'm an actor. Oh, what have you been in? Well, I've been in this. I've been in two episodes of T.J. Hooker, two episodes of The Fall Guy. I was in Airplane. I was in MacGyver. I was in Airplane 2. Hill Street Blues, The Jeffersons, um, The A-Team, Quincy, you know, so and, and all the way up through the 2000s. He was on an episode of Son of the Beach, Port Charles, CSI Miami, The Jag. Like, all these jobs pay. You know, like, maybe they're not rich and famous, but they are, but again, of course, if you're in eight episodes of a TV show, you're, you're, you're still making a living. And he's one of these guys that you know his face and you go, oh, yeah, I've seen him in this and this. I didn't realize it was him. And then you realize he had a pretty iconic character, even for brief moments in, in those original Airplane movies. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I think I think that's the end of my um, of my imdb deep feed i didn't really go i didn't click everybody i almost did um like flea i mean we all know who flea is um the guy who played fujitsu jimmy okay maybe he'll be the last one jimmy aishida um he's been around forever but was he it's funny i thought i would see him in a lot more things 
not really. You know, like episode he was in he was in Days of Our Lives, Back to the Future Two, uh, The Young and the Restless, Restless, Baywatch, Bold and the Beautiful. Another one who's just been in a bunch of many many things, but it's never really like something. I don't know if it's something he's really really known for. Dynasty, Santa Barbara, a lot the the '70s version of Hawaii Five O. Um, all the way up until recently, something called The Terminal. The Terminal. Wait a minute. Isn't that the movie with Tom Hanks? Is that a is that a uh, Zemeckis movie? It is not. It's a Spielberg movie. Why did I not know that? Um, but yeah, you know, it's another guy that, you know, McFly, you are terminated. Um, and he's been in a million things. And you've seen him in a million things. You just don't know it. And there's a ton of actors out there like that. So, my friends, that's it. Um, I realize now that this has been my longest episode, and I had no intention of that happening. It, 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 you know, I just went in, I said I wanted to do a couple notes, uh, talk about Wild Gunman, and then quickly go through some IMDb things. And I've been going through IMDb things for a while. So um, let's finish it up, because i got to do this again tomorrow. I probably should have saved this tomorrow, but you know what? Tomorrow's another day. Something will come up that I want to talk about or sing about. Uh, but one thing's for sure, I'll be watching Back to the Future 2 tomorrow, and you won't be. So until then, my friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Mentality. The Facebook page is simply Fans Not Experts, and the website is fansnotexperts.com. I had to think about it for a second. So we're going to lose an hour tomorrow, so that means I have one less hour to watch this movie and talk about it. But I'm going to do it. Damn it. Because this is Marchie McFly. And until tomorrow, my friends, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, and here is my theme song. This is my podcast, I made it. Geek Mentality's what I named it. And I think you should listen and subscribe. Cause I'm kinda funny and awesome. I think that I'm worth your time, and I'm kinda handsome. My mom says, please listen and Please subscribe, at least listen to this episode. Fans not experts.